0: Hey Lori. Hey Jim. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing?
1: Good. Can you hear me okay?
0: I can hear you. Can you hear me all right?
1: Yeah, and I've got a new piece of technology here. I'm trying out my Air- AirPods that I got for Christmas.
0: Oh, fun.
1: So this is Jim English and welcome to my podcast called the Who Gives a Shit Files. And we have today who gives a shit files nutritional consultant who is my sister lori kelch and she has got a resume that is longer than my 36 slide size sleeves uh (laughs) she is a renowned consultant in the midwest probably the most famous consultant in the midwest and maybe the nation for nutrition (laughs) Is that a fair characterization or did I underestimate it?
0: Oh, well, you underestimated it a little bit, but, but that's okay. I'll accept that. You know, and it's also, too,
1: that it's amazing that, you know, my parents had three kids and my sister has been endowed with all the benevolent genetics. <laughs> and, you know, the looks, the intelligence, the articulation, the body, the mind, the soul. You know, poor Brian and I got screwed, frankly, when it came to the genetic inheritance. It all went to my sister.
0: Well, it, it took you a little while to figure that out, but I'm, I'm glad you finally have come to that realization. Well,
1: it took me 70 years for me to, like, <laughs> to admit it. I actually figured it out a long time ago, but I did not want to admit it. You know what I mean? I get it. So Lori, we're gonna talk about COVID and the long-term effects today. How relevant is that?
0: It is. You know, this is something that no matter where anybody is listening to this from uh, or who is listening to this, we all have the same thing in common. This is a common denominator now for pretty much every person on the planet.
1: Death, taxes and COVID, is that what you're saying?
0: Yep, yep, it's right up there. So, um, and uh, my experience has been that a lot of people are um, dealing with some long-term consequences from COVID. That once it's over and they're starting to feel better, um, some some people are still experiencing some um, you know long-term symptoms, and sometimes they last for. You know, a few days. Sometimes it's a few weeks. Sometimes it's months. And I've talked to people who have who had COVID early on, when uh, when it was first happening, and they're still having issues from really? some of the from some of the symptoms that they that they experience. So I thought we could kind of talk about that today because I've read some about this and I've listened to some interviews about this, but I'm not feeling like this is being. Addressed uh, in mainstream, so that a lot of us are understanding that um, this is probably more common than than we're led on to believe.
1: So the side effects, because you're right, I haven't uh, I haven't been reading anything on the lingering side effects of COVID. It's you have it, and then it supposedly goes away. Tell us about the lingering, long term. Aspects of COVID and your friends, and what you've read about how those affect people. And will this ever end? I mean, will they continue to have these long term effects?
0: I, I think that I, I certainly think that there are things that we can do and this is what we'll talk about mostly today is what we can do to um, you know get ourselves to the point where we're not experiencing these symptoms if they are going to be long term, maybe we can minim- minimize their impact. but th- this is impacting people to the point where it is affecting their ability to work and their ability to function every day because when we, if we, experience, if we experience COVID and we have some of these side effects and we're going back to the doctor to say, this is what I'm still experiencing. Very often the doctor doesn't really have much to offer. At least this has been, these are the experiences I'm having with other people. I've been fortunate enough that I have not gotten COVID. So I haven't had these experiences myself, but um, since I've started working again and connecting with the public again, uh, I'm getting these, um, every time I work, I'm getting people who are talking about not being able to regain their energy, so their fatigue is still off, or they're having some cardiovascular types of side effects, or they're having digestive problems, or they're having you know brain fog. Hair loss is a big one. So, you know, these are things that when we go back to the doctor and say, you know, this is what I'm experiencing, the doctors haven't had experience with this. So they really don't know what to do. So that's kind of where we're at now.
1: That's that's interesting because I had, you know, I had omicron and I never felt that bad. Uh-huh. But the lingering effects are continuing after a week and a half right i just can't get i can't get rid of the congestion and i have some fatigue so there's a distinct possibility this will continue for a while that huh?
0: It, it can continue for a while. Um, this is why, you know, it's important to kind of get it together as much as we can so that if we are going to have some of these long term fu- side effects, they'll be minimized and really won't um, you know, interfere with our quality of life. But the COVID itself, um, viruses are interesting. You know, they, they, their, their goal is to live and they need a host. So we're their hosts. So the more that we try to get rid of it in any way that we do, the more variants we're going to see. So I don't think that, uh, and some experts will tell you that the more, and I'm not anti-vax, but I'm just going to put this out there, that the more we are vaccinated, the d- more uh, the more strains that will be created from the virus because they're trying to they're trying to live, they're trying to survive. Those viruses are trying to survive. Um, So that would be comparable to
1: bacteria adjusting to, or is it a virus? I get it mixed up. Uh, uh, You know, like uh, penicillin killed all viruses, right? Or was it bacteria?
0: Bacteria.
1: Bacterial infection. So it killed them all. Right. And then all of a sudden the viruses mutated and you had to go to tetracycline. And now, go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say we let's first of all the difference between bacteria and viruses. Okay, okay. bacteria can live on surfaces; it can live pretty much anywhere. Uh, and if we try and eradicate bacteria, so bacteria is what we're kind of trying to do if we're using um, a bunch of uh, antibacterial soaps. And what they're going to do then is look at creating greater bacteria because they wanna live. Anything that's used, that an antibiotic is used for is going to be bacterial because antibiotics won't kill viruses. So right. when we're looking at, and and you're exactly right. So as we eradicate this bacteria through different vaccines or whatever it might be, then we're going to find bacteria is going to be (laughs) come back bigger and stronger. This is what has happened to like antibiotic use in cattle is that we're finding now when we are trying to prophylactically prevent infection in even in us um, that we might be creating greater bacterial strains that can affect us. As far as a virus goes, it needs a host. So it's only gonna do well in a living thing. So Why animals, she? people, and, and so forth. So the more we try to, and I'm not saying we shouldn't try to get rid of it because we should, but the more that we try to battle it with the means that we have, the more variants are going to be created. Now that's not necessarily a bad thing. I did see the, an interview with the director of the CDC um, the other night, and she, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially what she said is that there is a possibility that Omicron especially is going to build more antibody activities in us um, that may actually begin to contribute to herd immunity. So- a Herd immunity? Yes, herd, H-E-R-D. So, oh, herd. Um, okay, yeah, cow. you know, we're like a herd of cows and herd immunity. Ooh, baby, um, ooh. So it's, you know, and, and that would be a good thing. So getting Omicron, which, like you said, the symptoms are not as serious as the original COVID. They can linger. It's like a bad cold. Um, and lots of people are getting that. Yeah. And And one of the issues I have is that now it's blown up in the media and everything else. And you know, they're posting the thousands of, of, you know, cases identified every day. Well, if you can run down to your local gas station and get a testing kit and you got a bad cold and you test positive for Omicron or for COVID, which is going to be Omicron, that isn't necessarily a bad thing because you may build the antibodies for anything more serious, Um and I, I think it's hyped up to be really, really negative, where is, um, I, I, I'm not sure, it's, it's nowhere near what the original COVID was. Yeah, but, it's not,
1: Yeah, because I, I had friends, obviously, that had COVID yeah. in the first round that were wiped out. Right. And I could still exercise and I could still function. You know, I avoided alcohol. I, you know, I did all the stuff I would do for a cold. It right. didn't really knock me out but it is lingering and it's just kind of hanging around.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that that this virus does regardless of the variants that we're seeing is that a lot of our symptoms are caused by the inflammation that it causes. And when our bodies are inflamed, when we have inflammation going on, whether it's a cut that you get, um, you know, that's a serious cut, or, you know, arterial damage from crappy food. Um, both of those can cause inflammation in the body. When we experience inflammation, our adrenal glands kick into gear and start um, bombarding our body with the immune cells uh, that we were both born with and acquired. Uh, after we were born, to take care of that inflammation and heal whatever is going on and give it a little pat on the back and then leave it alone and let it go away. But the problem is, is that with chronic inflammation like we might get from COVID uh, or its variants, that inflammation doesn't go away, but the adrenal glands are continuously working to get us back uh, on par. So the first thing that we have to look at and the reason that we get so fatigued is because our adrenal glands are exhausted. Our adrenal glands are located right above our kidneys and they they activate in response to stress, regardless of what kind of stress it is. So you could have a squirrel run out in front of your car, you could be late for work, or you could lose a loved one. And the stress that your body experiences with that Uh, is going to activate the adrenal glands. And regardless of what that stress is, your adrenal glands are still gonna activate. And when they're continuously working to quell inflammation, you're gonna be fatigued, period. So the best thing, the first thing to do is to support the adrenal glands. Best way to do that, first of all, obviously eat real food because the nutrients in real food are gonna support the adrenal glands. Um, and then do something for um, stress, which might be if you can meditate, to meditate. Exercise is good, but you don't want to overdo it. Right. Uh, because you, you know, that again can stress out the adrenals, but just moving, um, you know, thinking good thoughts, laughing, watching a funny show. Um, loving your pets, loving your loved ones—all of these things can actually nourish our adrenal glands. But there's also products on the market specifically meant to support adrenal function, and I use those regularly, and I've been using them for years. <laughs> so, um, because stress is really—it's uh, the American way. So, okay, let's let's so
1: let's address adrenal glands and stress because it sounds like they're inextricably linked i mean absolutely okay so so what do you eat to moderate the adrenal glands and therefore mitigate stress
0: okay well what you're going to want to eat again is going to be whole real food okay. okay
1: specifically dairy product vegetables
0: um protein? Uh, uh, all of those things. Now, the, the remember, we when we started doing these podcasts, one of the things that I brought up from the very beginning is we are what we eat eats. Right. So if we're going to be eating dairy products or we're going to be eating meat, you want to make sure it's from a source where they're grass fed where they're not fed antibiotics, where they're not getting hormones and all of those kinds of things, because that will create more inflammation in the body and then stimulate the adrenal glands, which is going to cause more stress. So
1: that has the reverse effect that you would- That can have the reverse
0: effect. But if you're eating, say, organic or grass-fed dairy, whole dairy, not Mm -hmm. low-fat crappy Uh dairy, because Uh cows don't give us low-fat milk. You right. know, chicken don't give us low-fat eggs. Uh, it, it doesn't happen in nature, so right. we want to eat as close to nature as we possibly can. But if we're eating lots of vegetables, um, some whole grains, um, whole oats, that kind of thing. If people like oatmeal, um, you know, that's gonna that's gonna be some some real good nourishment there. All the B vitamins. So you're gonna buy, find B vitamins. So wait a second, before we leave food, Lori, so what, what basically
1: you're looking to do is just eat a wholesome, all around, you don't like, you know, eat a ton of grapefruits or you don't eat a ton. You just want a basic all around diet. And once again, that's contingent on whatever your, the food you eat eats. Is that correct?
0: That is exactly correct. So um, if we love to eat, you know, if we're vegetarian, we want to eat a lot of vegetables, we don't want to eat animal products, then you're going to want to make sure that those have been grown in the most ideal conditions, which is largely yeah. going to be like organic, um, you know, and, and if nature creates it, if nature makes this product, and, and man doesn't, then it's probably going to be something good to eat. The other thing to ask yourself is, especially at our age, would your grandmother have eaten this? Yeah. Right? So, right. you know, um, because because today's diet, um, it's it's just we don't, in our culture, because we, our medical system is for business, and what we eat can predict what kind of medical care we're going to get. So why on earth would we put the brakes on a crappy diet when we know in the long run that's going to fund our medical system? I know that sounds harsh, but it's the truth. No, I'm not, I'm not arguing with
1: you at all, and this is your forum to express yourself, and you're the official consultant of nutrition and wellness to the Who Gives a Shit file, so we're savoring your wisdom and insight here. There you go. And we appreciate you sharing it.
0: So you were talking about the Bs. Right. B vitamins. Yeah. And B vitamins are abundant in all different kinds of food. The thing about them is that they are water soluble, which means you're going to urinate them out fairly quickly. So we want to make sure we're eating those foods throughout the day. So, you're going to find them in primarily, uh, you will find some in, in meat and dairy products, B12, which is really important as we get older, it's not, the body does not produce it. We have to get it from animal products, B12 is an animal B vitamin. So you hear about B12 shots and B12 supplements and all of this that older people take. Uh, if we're eating a well rounded diet where we are, are getting some animal products in there, good quality animal products, we're probably getting enough B twelve. But so, um, it,
1: it, yeah. it, you know, so beef, chicken,
0: sure. turkey, poultry, yeah. fish. Yeah, okay. exactly. But, you yeah. know, things that things that have the opportunity and depending upon where you're located in this country or in the world, um, you know, you might have access to some really Uh, rich, uh, nutrient-dense meats and and dairy products, Uh, anything that's been grass-fed, you know, that's not locked up in a feedlot and given a lot of uh, soy and corn, um, you know, you're going to be good. Interesting. So
1: for the B vitamins, they're... Okay, so plant-based protein. Now, is plant-based protein, does it have the same level of Bs that
0: the the animals do it'll it's not the protein as much as it's going to be you know other molecules within the the food source um but yeah you can you know if you're looking at things like peas which are going to be high protein um um and in a variety of vegetables you're not going to find them in fruit as much but Mm -hmm. you will find them in a in a whole variety of vegetables Okay,
1: Absolutely. so yeah, soybeans and you
0: know, um, that- yeah, if you do soybeans, you're just going to want to do like the edamame soybeans. But if you're, you know, um, you know, peas, um, beans, black beans, uh, red beans, you know, um, all kinds of there's all kinds of beans there, and canned beans are fine. You know, you can make yourself soups and and all kinds of stuff. It's again, it's real food. It's food gotcha. that that nature has created that we haven't interfered with too much. How about peanuts? I eat a
1: ton of peanuts.
0: Um, you know, I'd have to look. I love peanut butter. I'm sure there's B vitamins in there. And yeah. plus it's a good source of protein. But those B vitamins, what happens is because they're they're water soluble as is vitamin C, once your adrenal glands kick in and we feel stress, uh, those B vitamins are being used up immediately. Got you know, so here's something interesting. When they... <laughs> Our vitamin C stores, S-T-O-R-E-S, storage in the body, um, when, when we used to be, if we would walk into a bar, remember when bars allowed smoking and they yes. really don't do that anymore or restaurants yes. would allow smoking yes. um, or you'd go to a club to see a band and everybody would be smoking, really? all you'd have to do literally is walk in there and be in there for five minutes and any vitamin C that you have stored in your body is gone. Really? Yeah. So the fact that we no longer can do that um, is actually, you know, not only helping our lung health because of the fact we're not taking in secondhand smoke, but it's really helping us in in terms of maintaining uh, the water-soluble vitamin C. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. So C
1: C is essential for the adrenal glands as well? C is
0: really essential. We need to be taking it as a supplement. Eat all the citrus fruits you want. But honestly, and I cannot prescribe. That's illegal for me to do. So my suggestion would be to get a 500 milligram vitamin C, a a decent one. Go to the health food store and get your vitamins there. Um, Get a good vitamin C, 500 milligrams, and take it two to three times a day. Because you want it to last in the body. If you take 1,000 milligrams at once, you're going to urinate most of it out. That's why you'll see yellow urine. But I'm telling you, Jim, one of the things we don't... You know, we don't value vitamins and, and that kind of stuff in, in our Western culture here because we aren't, st- science isn't gonna study them because it doesn't make money for anybody. Um, what we, in terms of using them as a disease um, cure or prevention or whatever it might be but vitamin C is one of the most valuable nutrients that we have on this planet. And there is evidence that vitamin C, that IV vitamin C in really, really high doses can help eradicate cancer. I mean, there is some really interesting stuff about vitamin C out there. Um, and the thing is it's water soluble and it's not gonna hurt you. If it if worse comes to worse, it's gonna give you some diarrhea and that's about it if you take too much. So get that vitamin C in and get it up there because that alone can help with uh, warding off viruses. So the, so so
1: the, the water soluble vitamins um, are need to be replenished several times a day. Yes, they do. Okay. Because the adrenal glands will grab what they can Absolutely. And the rest just go through your body. Absolutely. through Well, Absolutely. that makes sense. Yeah. Sounds like I better yeah. up my vitamin C consumption.
0: I would. I would definitely do that. And if anybody is a smoker, um, you're going to want to make sure that you're doubling, at least doubling that dose the vitamin C because as soon as you, you know, finish a cigarette, you don't have any vitamin C stores left because they're an antioxidant. They're trying to save all your cells. So anything that is going to penetrate the cells, that's going to start breaking down that cell wall, um, you know, we need to, to minimize that and vitamin C is one of the best ways to do that. So, so let me... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, please. No, I was just going to kind of move on here. I'm just going to go ahead move. Okay, move. Natural multivitamin mineral supplement, just taking a multivitamin, um, ideally food-based because they're the best. All of their nutrients are gonna come from food. Uh, There's some really good ones on the market. I use a company called New Chapter. Um, I do not work for them. I do not make money from them or anything else. I just think they're one of the best vitamin companies that there is. Um, well, I just wanna throw that out there. I don't want anybody so to think i making any money off. They're them. not
1: bankrolling
0: you? They are not bankrolling me. Not at all, but they work and their supplements are really good. And if you compare theirs to a different brand, you're going to see that a lot of, they have a lot less, um, so you compare the vitamin B's, for example, between New Chapter and another brand, you're going to see that there's as much less than other brands um, because it's from whole food, they're not concentrating it in a, in a more molecular form. So good stuff, that, that we really need. Vitamin D3, we've talked about vitamin D3, we can't talk about it enough. Um, I remember you used to make fun of me because I talked about D3 so much and you're not laughing so much anymore, are you bro? <laughs> so, uh, no, but I'm still gonna
1: make fun
0: of you. Okay, so there's at least 70% of our population is deficient in vitamin D3. And any studies, any vitamin D3 studies that were done across the board on COVID patients every single COVID patient who had the most serious um, symptoms or were hospitalized were deficient in vitamin D3 period. That's it. So if we can get those levels up, now vitamin D3 is a fat soluble vitamin. So it's gonna store in the body, but everybody's ability to store it is going to be different. What I really suggest people do is that for people who are our age, go to the doctor, you know, yearly, you get a yearly blood test, get your vitamin D levels checked. There are, you can, you can look online and you can actually buy a kit that will test your vitamin D and you test it through the blood. You prick your finger and send it in. They'll tell you what your levels are. But we need to get those levels up there because that is going to be the number one immune defense that we're going to have and it's you it, it's so it affects over 2000 genes in the body vitamin d3 is so important uh so this is something that that people really need to check out a lot of experts say if you start to get the symptoms of covid or you're testing positive for it you take 10000 units of vitamin d3 for 2 to 3 weeks and then you go down to 5000 units yeah So it's, it's, it's up there. It's a, you know, it's a a pretty, pretty high dose, but. um, I had a friend of mine,
1: Laurie, his his name was Mark Murtaugh and he, he got COVID and as soon as he started feeling symptoms and he had the first variety of COVID, he took 20,000 international units a day in, you know, like, he divided it up into three different times, right? You know, like six, seven thousand units three times a day, and he had very few symptoms at all. He got on it fast.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's really what you want to do with it. And as a um, as a preventative type thing, depending again on what your levels are, but you're going to want to be looking at anywhere from a thousand units to about five thousand units a day.
1: Yeah. And I want to emphasize that, too, because, uh, you know, yes, I used to make fun of you. You know, everybody (laughs) in the plane crash died of vitamin D3 deficiencies. I remember that. But also, too, is that I had my vitamin D checked and this is when I was surfing a lot and it was low. It wasn't deficient, but it was low. Yeah, And they said that just what they said, okay, we want you to take 10,000 for two weeks and then change to five. But the point is, is don't assume because you're in the sun a lot that you've got uh, ample amount of vitamin D three. And also too, for those of you of us, you know, like my age, there's a, Direct correlation between how many times you go to the bathroom at night, nocturia, and how much vitamin D you have in your system. Direct correlation. Really? Yes. Yes. It's it's at yes because you know I used to get up six times, five six times a night, and now I'm two or three times a night.
0: Oh, there you go.
1: And it's because they say that vitamin D3 has got a significant effect. Uh, nocturia, which is urinating
0: late at night. Sure. So, just FYI. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. It's. I mean, there's many different types of cancers that are seem to be connected to low vitamin D. Um, or, you know, are we looking at low vitamin D promoting cancers, or are we looking at cancers? Attacking and tend to attack our vitamin D level. I don't know which you know it's the which comes first you know the ho- or the chicken or the egg, but um, you know the fact of the matter is keeping those vitamin D levels up. And we know that people who live closer to the equator are healthier than people who tend not to. And you know, yeah. it, but but like you said, you can't just because you're out in the sun. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting adequate vitamin D. And then, of course, what we did then is we started c- to create sunscreens that are blocking, they may be blocking the sun, but they're also blocking vitamin D. And, um, you know, so we're actually creating vitamin D deficiencies. Got it, so, what so else anyway. should
1: we do about the long-term effects of COVID? Okay,
0: zinc is another one. Okay, zinc is a really important mineral. This is something that people seem to be deficient in across the board. This is also something that it's looking at studies on COVID that people are really low on. Um, this also seems to be a good prevention. It also seems to be something that can be in a protocol when you're trying to get over the symptoms. Um, so zinc, and specifically your lo- the loss of taste and smell may be related to low zinc levels. Um, anything mentally, that might be going on. So whether it be mood, even the fatigue, all of those things are gonna be, um, can be related to, to zinc levels. Um, there's a, I saw um, uh, a, um, I'm sorry, I attended a, a seminar before COVID happened and there was a nutritional psychiatrist there and he could not stress how important zinc is for mental and emotional health. And so even if we haven't had COVID, you know, if we're locked down and we're worried about, you know, are we going to get it? Is our neighbor going to give it to us? Is this person going to survive it? All of those things are going to affect our mental health. So our levels of zinc are really important. Uh, what we're going to be looking at per day—you're going—if you're got active symptoms, you're going to be looking at about fifty milligrams a day. If you're looking at prevention. About 15 to 30 milligrams a day, but the interesting thing with food sources is that your best food source is going to be meat and seafood. So uh, shellfish, um, you know, clams, oysters, all of those things are going to be really high zinc. Grass-fed meats, liver is going to be one of the best, the best things that you could eat. Uh, from a grass-fed cow, would be actually liver. Yum, right? Yeah, so, yeah, all of, all of those things are going to be really important for, for zinc. Um, there is also a nutrient that's called quercetin.
1: Yeah, And,
0: qu- yeah, quercetin is found in a lot of fruits and vegetables. It's also found like in olive oil and green tea. It supports the immune system. It can help with the inflammatory effects of COVID. It also is really um, uh, important for the cardiovascular system. And it works really well with vitamin C. You can actually get vitamin C, quercetin, and zinc supplements on the market that are all there in one neat little package. So that's one of those um, really important, um, you know, antioxidants, antivirals. But, um, you know, this is where we want to eat a lot of vegetables and we want to make sure that we lightly cook them. You don't need to eat them raw. But uh, lightly cook your vegetables and, and you'll be getting some good minerals in there as well. But, you know, if you're vegetarian or you're vegan, you're going to have to really work and do your homework at, um, you know, what am I supposed to eat that's going to give me these nutrients? Because both vegans and vegetarians tend to be low in zinc. Interesting.
1: So, Interesting. Yeah. Now,
0: what, what other supplements? Like what about
1: turmeric and ginger? Yeah, and, well. And, um, you know, some of the basic
0: Supplement all of those curcumin, okay. Curcumin, which is the active ingredient in in turmeric, turmeric is a spice really heavy Uh in curry. Um, but the curcumin is one of the best anti inflammatories that we can get on the market. The stuff works, it's fabulous. Um, they're looking at a 500 to a thousand milligrams a day. These levels are coming from experts, um, whom I have you know read, watched uh, webinars um, on the computer watched interviews, um, so on and so forth. So I'm not picking this out of my head. This is somebody else's No, I understand.
1: It's I just reporting it.
0: Information. But um, people who took uh, curcumin had quicker recoveries and all around better outcomes than those who did not when they were uh, suffering from COVID symptoms. So if we're looking at some long-term inflammation, symptoms, which all of the things that we talked about that could be long-term are going to be a result of inflammation. Curcumin is one of the best things to do. And I'm going to tell you right off the bat, if you go to a store and you see an inexpensive curcumin, don't buy it because it's expensive and it should be, and it's worth every single penny that you're going to pay for it. It's This is an insurance policy. So um, I take it regularly. Steve takes it regularly um i I just i really think that this is it's worth our while to um invest in our health long term and and the, the the great thing about investing in something like um curcumin is that you're also looking at something that can maybe help prevent cancers uh and help prevent other things that are going on to help regulating blood sugar and all of those kinds of things that uh, we're experiencing as we get older that we can prevent. Um, so you're 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 touching a lot of bases with one type of supplement. I see. You, you know, if you've got joint and you know this, if you've got joint inflammation, you know, if we've overused our joints a little too much exercise or whatever it might be, the wear and tear, curcumin is a wonderful anti-inflammatory to use. It's excellent. It,
1: yeah, I take it every day. How about ginger?
0: Ginger is excellent too. Ginger wasn't necessarily on my list. It's great though for any kind of digestive um, problem, but it's also a wonderful anti-inflammatory and you can use that anywhere from teas to to capsules. Um, And they even have ginger chews. A lot of times those are really um, popular with pregnant women because even though they might have a little bit of sugar in them, uh, they can really help with uh, nausea and so so forth. Is really, I use them when I travel on the plane because sometimes I can get a little queasy on a plane. And so ginger is something that really helps me out with that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Anything you know, co- else
1: we should be doing?
0: Um, I think that we should be looking at omega-3s uh, from fish. That's going to be one of the number one nutrients that we're going to use for our brains and brain health. So it's really important. It can also help mentally in terms of depression, anxiety. You know, It helps with eye function. Uh, It's great for the retina of the eye. So you've got some, again, um, other types of, uh, excuse me, other types of symptoms that we might uh, experience as we get older that may not have anything to do with COVID, but that certainly can be helped by omega-3s. The best omega-3 supplements on the market are gonna be good fish supplements. So not necessarily plant-based omega-3s, but they're really important. It's got antiviral effects. If you like sardines, have at them. That's one of your best sources of omega-3s. Salmon, other fatty fish is going to be going to be pretty good. You can get some from uh, walnuts and that kind of thing too. But um, cod liver oil, is an excellent way to go. You can get cod liver oil that's flavored. Um, cool thing about the omega threes—they're also going to be good for the skin because they're an oil. They're going to be lubricating the skin a little bit. But um, and they're excellent for children. Absolutely excellent for children. Uh, as far as um, their eye health, paying attention, um, their moods, and that kind of thing, fish oils are really, really important. So that's you know that's another thing that can that can really help us. Through this. But, you know, we have to start with the foundation of real food because no, no, no supplements in the world. I mean, yeah, curcumin could still help if you have a crappy diet. But if you have a crappy diet, you're good. That's what's going to be causing some of your inflammation, anyway. So, might as well start at the beginning. So, eat real food. Um, you know, look at some of these nutrients, do a little bit of homework on it, spend a little bit of money on it, give it a little time and see how you feel. I think you might feel better. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. So let me so ask
1: let me you ask ask this story, Lori,
0: sorry. If you had a
1: have more severe, severe symptoms, 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 does that help your immunity down the line?
0: Um, it can, and now this is just coming off the top of my head. I believe that it can, however, we we have to make sure that we're still supporting the body Um, to try and alleviate the severity of those symptoms. I think, my guess is, and I think that this is, for anything that hits us like this, all of us have an Achilles heel somewhere, okay? Mine is kind of my digestion. Um, Some other people, it may be something else. It may be, you know, something, circulation, or it may be um, mental health, or it might be joint discomfort, or whatever it might be. And I think that when we get hit with something like COVID symptom, or COVID, and, and those symptoms and lingering symptoms are going to hit us where we're the weakest. So those are the areas that we're going to want to look at. They're going to want to make sure that we are supporting through food and nutrition um, to minimize the impact. But I think in the long run, any symptom that we experience is probably going to help our immune system. Interesting. Yeah. What
1: about smoking pot and the ingestion of CBD? or THC? Well, of
0: course, CBD is going to be primarily from hemp. You're going to get, you know, two different types of things. You know, it's hard to say. I mean, it would be interesting to, I know that there's um, some studies that have been done on people who smoked a lot of pot in the 70s and found that they have less dementia than those who did not. Um so that's you know that's a good thing i don't know that we're looking at anything as far as um you know actual symptoms specifically or specific to covid i we sell at dorothy lane market i will put a plug in for dorothy lane market in dayton ohio hey dorothy lane.com check this place out oh man best best place in the world it is a quote grocery store but it's unlike any other grocery store you've ever been in but anyways we sell um a number of cbd products and we sell a lot of them we also sell them for animals people buy them for their pets but um what I, the feedback that i'm getting from people is um the joint inflammation the joint pain and the anxiety and sleeping that these seem to be um you know that the top uh symptoms that are alleviated through using cbd but, you know, we here in Ohio, we don't allow any medical pot. Um, I guess some people can get it, but it's not like it is, say, there in California. So um, there's not a whole lot of, I don't come across a whole lot of research where they're actually doing it. I think it would be great, though, to kind of look at some of that research and, and uh, you know, see, see what THC itself um, may be able to do for some of these symptoms. I don't know. Well, Lori, it is always, it is always
1: terrific sure. talking to you and I appreciate your time. Is there anything in summation you would like to say about COVID, how to treat it, you know, long-term effects? What would you, how would you like to wrap this up?
0: I, what I really would like to say is that um, I, I believe my experience has been a lot of people are still really afraid. And when we have a lot of fear, um, that fear will depress our immune system. We need to take a step back. We need to look at what are our weaknesses health-wise? What can we do to support those weaknesses? What can I do to support my immune system? And let's be proactive and change our thinking into this is what I'm doing to make me stronger, not this is what I'm afraid of is going to make me weaker.
1: I love it. I love that perspective.
0: Got it. Great.
1: Cool. Words to live by. Well, I thank you very much, Lori, for participating in the Who Gives a Shit Files, and I love
0: you. Okay. I love you too, Jim.